TII Item 272, June 10th, 2013, WWDC 2013. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gola! Oh, yeah! beautiful iPhone which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by ProXPN. Visit ProXPN.com and use the promo code TII to save 20% for life on your secure VPN account. Welcome to the show. I'm your host Rob and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeffrey for sending in the music you hear in the background. Jeffrey wrote, Hi Rob. Here's a track called Fox I made using GarageBand on my iPhone 4S. Regards, Jeffrey. You can find me on Twitter at at JeffJ6. Well, thanks, Jeffrey, for the music. And folks, I will also put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Colin for sending in the artwork for today's show. Colin wrote, Hi, Rob. I thought you might like my TII retake tribute to WWDC. This artwork was created using InkPad for the iPad. Regards, Colin S. Well, Colin, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Colin's artwork in the TII app and the extras for episode 272, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com forward slash today on iOS. As always, if you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayonios at gmail.com. And please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, though it's likely to be two or three years down the road before all the kinks are ironed out, the iPhone could go the way of the Mac, very cool, with fading total demand. Unquote. James Brumley, freelance writer and registered investment advisor, 17th of November, 2009. Okay, it has been three and a half years, and I think we can place Mr. Bromley in the How Wrong Were They segment, as total demand is still increasing, and now you know why he's a freelance writer. Just saying. Last episode of Promo Codes, we had a whole boatload to offer up again, many of which were also available via lotteries we are running at todayinios.com. If you have not checked out the site recently, please do so. You will see one new app. We are making promo codes available for each day through at least the beginning of WWDC. Currently live at Today in iOS, we have the app School Tools, which is an education app we've had on the show before. Now there is a universal version available. Send an email with school in the subject line for that one. We also have the lifestyle iOS app, My Prayer Map which we played the audio review for on the app on episode 270. Put map in the subject line of the email you send in for that one. And we have the finance iOS app, My Precious Metal, which is a physical metal calculator. Put metal in the subject line of an email you send in for that one. Have a lot of promo codes for that one. Plus, we have the health and fitness iOS app, Primal Paleo which is the most complete guide to the paleo diet and lifestyle, put primal in the email you send in on this one. And the iOS app sales tax, which the dev sent in an audio review for that we played on episode 271, put sales tax in the email for that one. And finally, we have on the 12th going live in the lottery, the app 
talk photo, which allows you to bring your photos to life with your voice, which connects audio files to your photos. If you want this one, put talk photo in the subject line of an email you send to todayinios at gmail.com. And you can also put music in with the photos there too. Per the lotteries at todayinios.com, you do need Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest to enter on the site. But if you don't have them, you just need to email me per the apps you are interested in for the ones I just mentioned on this episode or go live on the site before the next episode. While some of them may expire on the site via email, you have until the next episode to get those emails to me. Oh, and if you enter on the site and say you tweeted or did a Pinterest, I do check to make sure the tweet or pin is still up. If it's not there, well then, no soup for you. Since there are so many apps, feel free to enter for every app you are interested in, especially enter online for the lottery at todayinios.com. And please tell your friends about these lotteries and only put one app in the subject line. You can send in multiple emails for multiple apps, but only one app per email. A quick reminder, if you are an app developer, email me. If you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment, there is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev in that audio review. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please, 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 please make sure to let me know when they expire. And if you don't feel comfortable speaking in your natural language, which may not be English, but you do want to get the review up on the show, I will read it for you. Just please try to keep the script uh, as short as possible. Thanks to Michael for this next one, which is about AT&T changing their upgrade policy. Before it was 20 months, now it's going to 24 months for a 24-month contract. Hmm, funny how they worked that out. This is for those whose contract currently ends after March 2014. So if your contract is scheduled to end sometime this year, you should be fine. AT&T and recently Verizon made this decision to help those of you when it comes time to get a new device, uh, now that there is no ETF to deal with, so you can kind of know move to a different carrier with no financial reasons to keep you bound. I think this is a bad choice by their part. Jeez, letting someone upgrade four months early so that they can sign another two-year contract seems like a pretty good incentive to keep people around, but now when you're forcing them to go to the end of the two-year contract, I just think there's some psychological barrier they're breaking there. And I think more people will move off their uh, carrier and go to another carrier because now they feel completely free to do so. Um, we'll see if they both stay with this. Uh, if their churn rates go up, uh, I think they'll be changing their policy back and letting people do it a little bit early again. Right after I did the last episode, there was a new study released that showed 93% of iPhones were running iOS 6 in North America, that is. That number should grow a little bit by the time iOS 7 is released, and it likely will never be matched again. So whatever they're going to get for the iOS 6 uh, adoption rate, will probably never see that high in number again. I'm not saying that because I think there's going to be a decline in adoption of new iOS versions when it rolls out, just that there are so many iPhone 3GSs out there, and they will not be running iOS 7. But hey, more on that later in the show. But it is amazing to think that iOS 6 is on an amazing 93% of iPhones running in North America that are hitting the web and being used out there. When Android is, well, 
Android's in the low 30s for the latest version, which has been out longer than iOS 6. Just saying. Hi, Rob. This is Jerry in Kansas, and just wanted to thank you for doing a great job on your show. I am a longtime listener. I'm responding to a question, I think, from your show 271. The caller was asking about turning the vibration off when he had a song playing on his alarm. I think I might have the answer for him. Uh, It's worked for me, so hopefully this would work for that caller. What you do is, of course, you go in, set your alarm, choose your song, but then you have to go into the settings, then to sounds, and then, of course, at the very top, there is a section on vibrate that says vibrate on ring. Make sure that's turned off, but there is one more thing you have to do. Go a little bit further down on that screen and find your ringtone. Tap on that, and when that screen comes up, at the very top, you'll see vibration. Touch on that and scroll to the bottom and choose none. That is the way to turn that vibration off. Now, how that uh, a ringtone affects the alarm, I'm not sure, but that seemed to work for me. I hope that helps. Bye, Rob, and thanks again for all you do. Thanks to Jerry, Paul, Joe, Daniel, and all the others that sent in answers for this one, which again is you need to turn off Vibrate on Ring, which is sad, because at least for me, I need to have vibration turned on for the ring, as I keep the iPhone in my pocket a lot, and I have custom vibrations for different people. And when I have my iPhone muted on the ring, I can still tell when I get important calls or ones I can probably ignore based on the vibration. It's a shame there isn't a way to just turn off vibration just on the alarms and that you have to turn it off when the phone rings as well. Actually, now that I think about it, I wonder if you just set the vibrations to none, but you leave it on. So you set the vibrations to none. And that way, for the standard phone call that I get in, the vibration would be on none. And then the alarm, it would be on none. But the people I already have custom ringtones for, custom vibrations for, they should still come through. I wonder if that would work. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I work at a college that has the same repeated login every time you stop actively using the internet connection. I installed Chrome Web Browser, which offers to save the login information. I do not know why, but Safari will not remember it. Not a perfect solution, but the best one I have found so far. Regards, Nick. Thanks, Nick, for the suggestion. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I found an iPhone 5 black in the truck that I drive for work. I thought it was mine and it had fallen out of my pocket. I then pressed the wake button and the lock screen gave it away that it was definitely not my iPhone. Since the iPhone was lock protected, I had no way to contact the owner. I then tried Siri and said, call home, and it instantly called the owner's home. I have returned the device. Just wanted to share this with your listeners and give them some recommendations to make sure they have call home working on their iOS device. Regards, Dev. Hi, Dev. Thanks for the email. And that is good advice for folks to make sure you have your iPhone set up so someone can say call home and it calls your house. For a second there, as I read that email, I thought you were going to say something like you said, call my girlfriend and then your wife's phone rang. That would have been kind of awkward to say the least. Hi Rob, per the caller looking to jailbreak an iPhone 3G, I used Green Poison to jailbreak my iPod 4.1.2. Regards, Daniel. Daniel, thanks for your help on that. And folks, if you have a question you'd like listeners or myself to answer, please give us a call. 
206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or you can send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. This week, we are again sponsored by ProXPN. If you go to ProXPN.com and use the promo code TII, you will save 20% forever off your account with them. As mentioned on the last episode, ProXPN is a VPN service that is easy, secure, and cheap to use with your iOS device that lets you secure your internet connection against eavesdropping and masks your location and allows you to access your favorite sites regardless of where you are or are going. If you connect to public Wi-Fi hotspots on any regularity, a private VPN is the way to go, and ProXPN is a really great service with a great price. Just $9.95 a month before the 20% savings for using promo code TII, or just $74.95 for the year prior to the promo code, which means if you sign up for the yearly account with the 20% discount, it works out to about $5 a month. If you use the promo code TII when you sign up, you also get a 30-day risk-free trial. As I mentioned, I set this up on my iPhone, and it took about one minute and now, when I need a private VPN, all I do is open the settings app, and right there at the top, between Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, I now see the VPN to toggle on. That's it. It's all I have to do to secure myself and my data when I am out and about on hotspots. There are a ton and a half of reasons I can give you right now on why you should run your data through a secure VPN. Heck, just ask the NSA. But outside of security, Another reason is to have yourself getting access to sites you might be blocked on where you live. And ProXPN gets your IP address for those outside the U.S. that look like it's a U.S. IP. And you can also get ones that are from outside the U.S. So if you're in the U.S. looking like you're outside the U.S. Sadly, the Internet is not as open as many make it out to be. Just ask anyone who wants to play online poker. Again, to get this discount of 20% for life on your service, ProXPN. Use promo code TII at ProXPN.com. That's promo code TII at ProXPN.com. Thanks to the folks at ProXPN for sponsoring this show. Rob, this is Tony from Burbank, California. Just woke up this morning at 540. Turned on my Apple TV just to check some podcasts, and there's a new icon saying Apple event, and they're going to stream it live starting at 10 o'clock. That you want to send out a push notification for everybody. Thanks, Rob. Tony, thanks for the voicemail. And I always wondered who that one person was that was consuming podcasts on Apple TV. Now I know. Also, thanks to Kristen London and others that sent in emails about today's WWDC event and that it was going to be on Apple TV. And hopefully all saw the push message I sent out through the TI app about this in time to actually watch the event. I do have to say WWDC did stop for me in the middle and I lost contact so i had to wait until monday evening to see the good parts and quit like an hour and eight minutes in right when they were in the middle of the iCloud uh iWorks part great so i got all the way up to the more through the boring part and right when the good stuff's about to happen it just died very frustrating wwdc started off with a video subtly slamming android and talking about taking time to get it done right I thought the video with the wording was done really well. I actually pulled the music and have the words, so let me read to you what that video said. Because sadly, as near as I can tell, I didn't see the words up anywhere. So if you are sight impaired, you had no idea what was going on with those wordings. If everyone is busy making everything, how can anyone perfect anything? 
we start to confuse convenience with joy, abundance with choice. Designing something requires focus. The first thing we ask is, what do we want people to feel? Delight, surprise, love, connection? Then we begin to craft around our intention. It takes time. There are a thousand no's for every yes. We simplify, we perfect, we start over until everything we touch enhances each life it touches. Only then do we sign our work, designed by Apple in California. Tim Cook then came out on stage and starts off saying those words mean a great deal to Apple. He then goes over some of the rah-rah numbers such as 6 million registered devs and 1.5 million new devs since last year's WWDC. He talks about how this year's WWDC sold out in just 71 seconds and 64% of attendees are first-time attendees. Then he went into the normal rah-rah about Apple stores, 407 stores now in 14 countries. And he showed a video of the new Apple store in Berlin. He then talked about app rah-rah stuff, over 900,000 apps in the App Store with 93% of those apps being downloaded each month. 375,000 of those apps are iPad-specific apps versus the handful or a couple of hundred tablet-specific apps for the other guys. There are now over 575 million iTunes accounts, more accounts with credit cards than anyone else online. Tim mentioned how Apple has now paid over $10 billion to developers, $5 billion in the last year alone. That is three times more than all the other platforms combined. That all took up about the first 10 minutes. Then Tim invited a company out to do a demo. That company is A-N-K-I, Anki. And the demo was for AI for toys. So these are artificial intelligent toys that well proved they had a mind of their own during the demo as they had to restart all the devices. Oh, actually the demo did turn out well in the end where they had these AI cars going around the track and he told the cars in the front to block the car in the back from getting by. And then they turned on this feature where the cars, the car in the back could shoot uh, virtual machine guns and it blew away the cars in front of them. Again, pretty cool demo. And the guys were from Pittsburgh's Carnegie Mellon University and they've been working on this for about five years. It was pretty cool. And they said this devices, these toys, AI toys, will be in the Apple app or the Apple stores before the holidays and they are controlled by iOS devices. So that's why I'm mentioning it here. That demo took up another five minutes. Next up was Mac stuff and OS 10 stuff, which again is not the focus of this show. So we will jump over most of what they said. I will mention that maps and iBooks are coming to Mac OS 10. Maverick, yep, that's the name of the new one. No more cats as they did a little funny thing for uh, Craig Frederiki saying, you know, we're running out of cats, so we're going to take a spin on the lion name. And he showed Mac OS X Sea Lion. And he goes, just kidding. So yeah, now they're going to be going after different areas of California. So different names from California. And the first one up is Mac OS X Maverick. And from what I hear, that just beat out Mac OS X Alcatraz. The biggest surprise to me here was how long Apple talked about OS X, which was 30 minutes. Plus, Phil Schiller talked about new Macs for another 15 minutes. 
in all, Macs and Mac OS X took up 48 minutes when you add in Tim's updates on how Mac sales were doing, which was more time than later spent on iOS, which again is very surprising to me considering that iOS devices and app sales make up the lion's share of Apple's revenue. Just saying. Okay, back to Phil Schiller. He did announce MacBook Airs with the Haswell processors, to no one's surprise, but sadly no new MacBook Pros announced with the Haswell processor, which my credit card is actually pretty happy with. Phil also talked about a new Mac Pro that will be made in the US. I mention it here for one feature it had, support for 4K video. I've been thinking about a real full-size Apple TV for some time, and to me, it just never made sense for Apple to introduce a 1080p TV. There are so many of them out there, and Apple likes to get out in front of others in this space. So what if the full-on Apple TV, ITV, or whatever you want to call the thing, what if it was a 4K TV at a much cheaper price than what is out there on the market now for 4K TVs? That, to me, is what a full-size Apple TV would be about. Forget 1080p TV with easy-to-use controls, like Gene Munster keeps pining for, but rather think of a 4K TV. And I think that mention of it with app, the Mac Pro, I think when we go back and we think about things in the future, we're going to go, oh yeah, there was the clue right there. But to me, a 4K Apple TV, that makes sense. That's something Apple can get out in front of the pack on. After the Mac stuff, Tim Cook came back and talked about iCloud's 300 million users and then introduced Roger Rosner, who talked about iWork for iCloud. I should point out, Roger is the only person at Apple that actually tucks his shirt into his pants. Just saying. No new iWork version slash features were talked about other than to say a new version would be out later this year. Roger was mostly talking about working on iWork documents from a browser. Not just Safari, but also IE and Chrome. So iWorks is now a competitor to Google Docs. And they even showed iWorks in the cloud working on, dare I say it, a Windows PC. If you go to beta.icloud.com, you can get a beta account for this now. Okay, enough of this. Tim came back on to talk about iOS. And he did the obligatory marketing hype talk with numbers, over 600 million iOS devices have been sold. For smartphone usage, iPhone users use their iPhones 50% more than Android users use their phones. Tim said that was incredible, but maybe not surprising. Mobile web share of iOS is 2.5 times that of Android. iPad is over four times more than all other tablets for web market share. Per updates of OS's, 93% are using iOS, which is, hey, we talked about that earlier in the show, versus the, well, the fragmented nightmare known as Android. Actually, Tim had a good stat. If you do the math on major versions of OS's, then iOS 6 version is the most popular OS version versus second place gingerbread version of Android released back in 2010. Nice spin. Overall, iOS satisfaction is 97%, and very satisfied is 73% versus just 49% that are very satisfied with Android and 32% very satisfied for BlackBerry. But hey, Windows Phone did top 50% at 53% very satisfied. So iOS is by far the most satisfying OS experience. 
hey, I have an idea. Let's drastically change it. And on that, cue Tim Cook as he introduced iOS 7, quote, the biggest change of iOS since the introduction of the iPhone, unquote. Because you know that 3% that were not satisfied, we will assimilate them at all costs. Just kidding. Yes, iOS was getting a little long in the tooth, but it served most users well, still does. Now Apple hopes it will serve them better. And how will they do that? Well, first and foremost, as expected, with iOS 7, the skeuomorphic elements are mostly gone, if not completely gone. And there were a few not-so-subtle jabs at the old design, like when they showed Game Center and Craig Federici said, hey, they ran out of green felt. But per the rumor of it being flat, I guess in some ways, yes, as in the icons and controls are flat. But Apple also added depth to it, so it's layered with each layer being flatter. They started out talking about how all the stock icons got a major overhaul. Some are still familiar looking, but clearly the icons were all rebuilt from the ground up, which of course means the folks at Samsung are going to be busy updating their icons. Oh, did I say that out loud? Many of the changes look good. Not so sure about the Compass app though. Kind of like the old skeuomorphic design on that one. The new one looks a little complicated when you open it up. Most of what they demoed to start was just about aesthetic changes, although there were a few small features added, like in the weather, there is now a view with a list of the different cities you are following. Along with the current temp in each city, there's also a clock, which is nice to know the times in other cities around the world at a click glance that you are interested in. And again, at least for the cities that you have added. They also added some animations for weather to show rain and lightning and snow. This is what they spent their engineering resources on. Why? Craig showed a new gesture on the iPhone. When you swipe from the left-hand edge across it, it moves you out of the level you are in per that app. One nice thing they did in folders, no longer are you limited to one screen worth of items in a folder. You can now have hundreds and hundreds of icons in each folder. So now your game folder can be all your games. No longer do you need to have eight or 10 or 15 different folders just for games, or five different folders for utilities, or eight folders, in my case, for the different iOS apps for podcasting and individual podcasters. That, to me, is a nice change. Notification Center is now available from the lock screen, which is nice. Some had rumored, hoped for adding settings control in Notification Center. That was a block in the bingo card. Um, no, not exactly. Apple added many new features, and they highlighted 10 of them, like they did in the past. The first one relates to setting controls we just talked about, and it is called Control Center. Think of Control Center as the yang to notifications ying. You swipe up from the bottom to get at it no matter where you are, uh, and that is where the control switches are. You can turn on airplane mode, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, do not disturb, adjust brightness, you have media controls, there's airplay and airdrop, we'll get to that one later. There is access to the camera app, the calculator app, the clock app, and a new flashlight app. So while it was not added to notifications, it is what people wanted. One swipe access 
to your control settings from any screen. And note, Control Center works when you are in landscape mode. So swiping up while in landscape mode will bring up the Control Center. You don't need to swipe from the normal bottom, but the bottom of how you are currently oriented, which is how Notification Center had worked anyway, but it's nice to see they kept that with Control Center. The next major feature was, quote, multitasking for all apps with great battery life, unquote. Craig talked about intelligent scheduling and opportunistic updates. That sounds a lot like it will happen when it happens. The iPhone knows better than you what to do and when to check for stuff. For some reason, I just have a bad feeling about that. Apps will now update in the background. No more of those red circles with the number approaching 100 in the corner of your App Store app. But most importantly with multitasking is when you double tap on the home button, it will show all your open apps, not just the icons, but also the active screen for each app. And if you are in landscape mode and double tap, it shows your apps in the landscape mode. It does not rotate when you rotate, but if you are already in landscape mode, it will show the apps you had opened in landscape mode still in landscape mode found that one on my own. I mean, if I was updating the beta to, on my iPhone 4, which of course I would not be doing. To force close out an app, you now double tap to see the stream of open apps. And I'm gonna call it a stream of open apps because it's really not a tray anymore. And you swipe up on the app you want to close. No more tap and hold. You can swipe up on three apps at a time. And yes, this does look pretty darn familiar to what we had seen in a jailbreak uh, feature set in the past. Next up, there were new features for Safari. First, let me tell you one of the things that better get fixed before this is out of beta. There's no period when typing in the URL. So if you want to type, say, tii.libsyn.com, you actually have to type ti. I, the at one, two, three button, dot, the ABC button, dot com button. Very annoying. Apple, please add back the period to the keyboard for Safari. One of the features mentioned for Safari was the new tab view, which, yes, looks like Chrome. You can now have as many tabs open as you want. You are not limited to just eight. So how do you close 25 open tabs, you ask? Or someone will ask. Well, that's simple. You tap on the private button when in the tab view in the lower left, and you are greeted with the question, close all pages. And the options are to keep all and start private browsing or close all. If you click close all, guess what? It closes all. Next up was AirDrop, which was one item that was expected. It lets you easily find other iOS devices on your Wi-Fi network that you can easily share files from any app that supports it. And as Craig said, it's easy to share. Just see all the other users available and tap on each one to share. No need to wander around the room bumping your phone against others. Nice little dig at Android and Samsung there. It does use Wi-Fi and files are securely encrypted when you are transferring them. This supports iPhone 5, iPad 4th Gen, iPad Mini, and iPod Touch 5th Gen, as it uses the latest version of Wi-Fi. So sorry, older iOS users, no soup for you. 
Next was the camera and the updates there. First, he talked about your camera is really now four cameras in one, a video camera, a photo camera, a square camera, and a panorama camera, assuming that you have an iPhone 4S or later, as the panorama camera is not there for the iPhone 4. And you now have access to photo filters. Hey, Craig, 2010 is calling and they want their slide back. Okay, I guess better late than never. Well, unless you have an iPhone 4, that is, because photo filters are not there, at least not yet, and probably not ever. Next was the Photos app and EdEQ, which the new features are about organizing photos into moments, uh, which seems to take some features from the photo app on Mac. There is also the added feature of shared photo streams for sharing photos. Since this is kind of a social thing, expect stories about teenagers and shared photo streams with naked photos hitting the news in three, two, one, go. Okay. Maybe not at least until iOS 7 comes out in the fall. But once it is released, 3, 2, 1, go. Next, Eddie talked about Siri. And as expected, there are some new features for Siri. With Siri and iOS 7, you will be able to play my last voicemail or increase brightness or turn on Bluetooth. They have also integrated Twitter and Wikipedia into Siri. I guess I would be something like saying something like uh, Siri. Tell me who was talking trash about me on Twitter. They also added web search results from Bing right into Siri. Hmm, wonder how much that cost Microsoft. That led into the next feature in iOS they wanted to highlight, and that is iOS in the car, which works with Siri. So in the cars, on the screen in the cars, iOS will be there, and you will be able to control it via voice. You'll be able to make calls and play music, go to maps, get directions, get iMessages read to you, and you can even dictate a response, all hands and eyes free. iOS integration will be introduced in 2014 by Chevy, Volvo, Honda, Nissan, Kia, Scion, Acura, Infiniti, Jaguar, Mercedes, Ferrari, and some icon I did not recognize. Next was the App Store app where they added in some features to make it easier to search in age ranges for kids' apps, plus apps near me, which shows you the most popular apps based on your location. Hint, it's Angry Birds. As mentioned before, the App Store app updates your apps automatically. No more need to go through and manually update your apps. After that was the music app and new features. Yada, 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 yada. And then they got into the meat of the new music app, which is iTunes Radio, which is the previously rumored iRadio. Writing up the show notes, I was really struggling with a concise way to describe how iTunes Radio works and what iTunes Radio is. Struggle, and I rewrote, and I rewrote, and I came up with this, Pandora. I mean, okay, sure, they have different names, but beyond that, not sure what else is different. Okay, there is the option to tap on the price for a song in the upper left to purchase a song when you come across one you like. iTunes Radio is in the music app and all of your iOS devices that run iOS 7. And it is on iTunes. It will be on iTunes on your Mac and on PCs. And it will even be on Apple TV. Or, again, it'll all, this will all be shortly. They didn't, I don't think they gave a specific date when it was going to roll out to the other places iTunes Radio is, as also expected, free and ad-supported. Like I said, can you say Pandora? 
However, if you are an iTunes Match subscriber, it is completely ad-free. It is just starting in the U.S. for now, and it is live now on the iOS 7 beta, and they will add other countries over time. Those were the big new 10 items features that they talked about. They then showed a screenshot of some of the other new features that they did not get into in detail, and they included phone, FaceTime, and message blocking. Yay! which will come in handy for the recent mom that called in about blocking calls for her ex, her daughter's ex who was harassing her. This, to me, should have been in the top 10. Not sure why that didn't make the top 10 list. As should the next one, which probably should have led the top 10. And there is a new feature called Activation Lock, which is a big one, as it is Apple's first real step at stopping Apple picking. So they were listening... Strangely, again, I don't know how this one didn't make it into the top 10 feature, but they did talk about it a little after the top 10. With activation lock, thieves will not be able to turn off Find My iPhone, and if they wipe it entirely, they will not be able to reactivate it because it will require your iCloud username and password. Again, this should be a big theft deterrent, assuming people turn on Find My iPhone. Other new features included... FaceTime audio, which, as it sounds, is audio calls via FaceTime, like Skype audio, which they then actually showed a guy in a Skype t-shirt while they were briefly mentioning it. Oh, so tacky. There is also notification sync, so if you dismiss a notification on one of your devices, it gets dismissed on all of your devices. For those in China, there's support for Tencent Weibo, which is a Chinese version of Twitter. Enterprise single sign-on which sounds like it may help to call from episode 271, view PDF annotations, improved mail search, Wi-Fi hotspot 2.0, which will be interesting to learn more about, new smart mailboxes, night mode for maps, and more, which we will be talking about over the next few months as we get closer to the iOS 7 full launch or Goldmaster launch, uh, which will be sometime in the fall. They didn't give any specific dates. They just said, in the fall, iOS 7 will be launched. Craig also mentioned on the developer side, there are over 1,500 new APIs. 60 frames per second video capture was one. New multitasking APIs, barcode scanning, directions API, inter-app audio, and many, many more, like MFI game controllers. Hmm, wonder if that will make its way to Apple TV. Already had a few people email in about that one saying that Apple TV with game controller APIs makes Apple TV a powerful game machine. We shall see. Kind of need that Apple TV app store for that to happen. But then again, that didn't happen in this WWDC. Maybe it'll happen at WWDC 2014. And yes, for the record, after WWDC 2012, I said maybe the Apple TV App Store would happen at WWDC 2013. We saw how well that worked out. iOS 7 will be available for iPhone 4 and later, iPad 2 and later, iPad Mini, and iPod Touch 5th Gen. Officially in the fall, it is available today as a beta for the iPhone for developers only, iOS 7 Beta 1. Note if you have an iPhone 4 GSM version, there are two options to choose from. The Rev A1 is the 8GB version that was released when the iPhone 4S came out. 
So if you have an iPhone 4 on AT&T when it originally launched or soon thereafter, do not select the Rev-A ISP, select the other one. And Apple ended the keynote with this. This is it. This is what matters. The experience of a product. How will it make someone feel? Will it make life better? Does it deserve to exist? We spend a lot of time on a few great things until every idea we touch enhances each life it touches. You may rarely look at it, but you'll always feel it. This is our signature, and it means everything. Now, how long do you think it's going to take somebody to get that audio and put it together with some video of some, let's say, marital aids from, say, somebody like Adam and Eve and put that together up on YouTube? What do you think? Tomorrow morning? Tomorrow afternoon? The latest? That all said, very touching, and you're going to see that commercial on TV if you haven't already throughout the next few months. Okay, so we did a bingo card for those with the TI app. You should know that as there was a push sent out prior to, or on Sunday actually. And if you visited the site on Sunday and prior to WWDC, you would have seen the rumor bingo card as well. First up from the card, Iowa 7. Yep, that was announced. Flat UI for iOS 7? Okay, I'll give that one a yes. I still think it was both flat and layered, but each layer is definitely flatter, and part of that rumor was killing off skeuomorphic design, and that's a definite big yes. Airdrop to iOS? That's a big yes. And iRadio? Well, I give it a yes, even if it's called iTunes Radio, but the basic rumor is correct. A Pandora clone. And that, it sure looks like. And those four, plus the middle square, get us bingo. I think those four were the most obvious rumors. That's why I put them the way I did. And I don't think any of them were surprising to anyone. I think it would have been very surprising if any one of those was missing. Other rumors that hit on the bingo card? Expanded Siri features. More gesture control slash all iOS devices? Sure, they demoed some in the presentation for the iPhone iOS 7 for the iPhone 4 and later? Yep. Audio ads for iRadio? Yep. Apple picking prevention, which was one of my own rumors I added, and that was a big yes. Some that were mostly partially a yes include iWork 2013. While no features were announced, Roger did say it was coming later this year, so kind of a yes in the letter of the law, but not really in the spirit of the law. Flickr and other Yahoo integration into iOS 7, while not mentioned that I noticed, um, I'm not sure they mentioned it, but when you actually go into iOS 7 beta, sure enough, there is Flickr integration in there now, along with Vimeo integration. Kudos to Kevin Crossman for calling both of those in the email he sent to me prior to WWDC. Settings toggle and notification center. 
Okay, letter of the law is a no, but spirit of the law, I kind of say yes, as what people really wanted was swipe access to controls from wherever you were, and you now have that. Uh, dev access to private APIs, well, there are 1,500 new APIs, including multitasking APIs, so it seems Apple did lift its skirt up a tad bit more with uh, this version of iOS, so kind of maybe a yes. And then there were things that were a strong no, like Apple TV apps and the store. Nope. iPad 5th gen announced, as expected. Nope. iPhone 5S, as also expected. Nope iOS 7 for A5 or later only. Nope, not that it was likely going to happen anyway. Probably would have pissed off way too many iPhone 4 owners, and there are a lot of them. Uh, widgets on the lock screen. While there is Control Center, I don't count that, so nope. iMoney slash Apple's version of PayPal, which was a last-minute rumor that popped up just before I put together the bingo card, and that would be a no. Allow third-party keyboards. Sadly, nope. Fingerprint scanner tech. <laughs> nope. But we will see that square back in the fall when we do the next bingo card. Quote, over 200 new features in iOS 7. Unquote. Nope, those words were not used by anyone. iLife 2013. Nope, not mentioned anywhere. Come on, guys, you gotta update GarageBand. iWatch. As expected, a big nope. But... That will also return for the next bingo card. Again, don't feel bad for those that were labeled as no, as they will likely be back on the next bingo card in the fall when Apple announces their next special setup or event. Let's get into the email bag to see what some of you thought about WWDC announcements and the iOS 7 beta, since some of you have already downloaded it. Well, to the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. I jumped on the iOS 7 beta after watching WWDC. What a mistake. I had 6.1.2 jailbroken. iOS 7 just feels light and unpolished. The icons look like they are designed by Samsung. I think it was a mistake firing Scott. Also, Spotlight is missing on the home screen, but is there under settings, huh? Thanks, Dev. Hi, Dev. Put yours first because I want to point out that iOS 7 beta 1 is a beta and the first beta. And as warned, don't upgrade to it if you need your iOS device for work or personal safety. Really, it's just for devs, as in developers, not if your name is dev. And I only would put it on an extra device that you have. That said, I have found it pretty stable compared to past betas for beta ones. And by the way, if your device is jailbroken, you do need to upgrade to iOS 6.1.3 or 6.1.4 if you have an iPhone 5 first, and then do the install of iOS 7 Beta 1. I showed my wife the new beta, and she actually really liked the new look. Uh, per Spotlight, I would imagine that is just not there yet. Again, it's just the beta and the first beta, and there are going to be some features that are added as we go along. Same that's happened in the past. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I can download the .dmg file, but not the ISP file. What's going on? Regards. Name omitted to protect the emailer. Actually, a DMG file is Apple's version of a zip file. Once you download a DMG file, double-click on it, and it will launch the folder, and then you can drag it out uh, the ISP file onto your hard drive or onto your desktop. Then in iTunes, hold down the Option key and click on Update in iTunes, and you will see a pop-up finder. 
select the ISPW file from your desktop and off you go to the update. Again, if you are jailbroken, first update to iOS 6.1.3 or 6.1.4. Then after that, do the above. And once more, you do need a dev account to download the beta. It is not available to the public yet. Hi Rob, I watched WWDC today and I'm wondering why they would launch iTunes Radio when for years they've built the business of selling songs through iTunes. If I can listen on iRadio now, why would I ever buy another song? Thanks, Laurie B. Hi, Laurie. The same could be said about regular radio. There is a difference to listening to Pandora and live radio than listening to a specific song you want in the order that you want to hear that song and other songs. With iTunes radio, like Pandora, you create a station around an artist or a genre, and then you get music that is picked for you in the order they want to give it to you, not the specific songs that you want when you want them. Apple at least now makes it easier for people to purchase the new songs they may hear on stations they set up, something they were not going to get easily from Pandora. It just made sense for them to do a Pandora clone. My guess is it just took this long to launch because of rights issues and contracts with the record labels. I bet Apple would have wanted this thing launched a year plus ago. Hi Rob, with AirDrop and the new photo, video, iCloud sharing, doesn't this make Facebook and other social media sites redundant for people who value their privacy more than being social? I have a few friends who have already quit Facebook because of privacy concerns. Regards, Tony L in San Francisco. Kinda, yep. Many people only use services like Facebook, Flickr, Instagram, and YouTube to easily share videos and photos. That said, I still think that the majority of people those services are going to be fine um, and still be their first choice. I think for many average users of iOS devices, iCloud is still this mystery meat, so to speak. People kind of go with the devil they know and other, those other services. Hi, Rob. iTunes Radio looks cool, but it reminds me of Yahoo launched from seven years ago to make your own station like that. Regards, no signature. Hi Rob, did you see in the keynote, the second hand for the clock icon was going around. It looks like it must now show the real time rather than a static 1015. All the best, David from York, UK. Hi David, confirmed the clock on your desktop. Yep, it now is at the current time with the second hand moving accordingly. Interestingly, they removed the skeuomorphic elements but added other real-world elements like the clock mentioned here and the weather animation mentioned earlier. By the way, nice catch on the clock. I did not notice that until I read your email, even after playing with iOS 7 for a couple hours. Hi, Rob. I thought Apple did a great presentation today, unveiling cool stuff from hardware to software and services. I just don't get and understand Wall Street. Even with all the great stuff announced today, Apple stock is down. Really? Are they nuts? This is just getting beyond ridiculous. Thanks for listening. Keep up the great work and can't wait to get my hands on OS Maverick and iOS 7 this fall. Cheers, Ellie from Virginia. Hi, Ellie. Wall Street will take a couple of days to make heads or tails of this announcement, and I also don't like or get them either. That said, I think iOS 7 announcement was a solid announcement. There was more meat announced than I thought there was going to be. Of course, I had set the bar in my mind pretty low. That said, I think Apple did a lot of what they could to take that 97% satisfaction number they mentioned and move it up to possibly 98% satisfied. 
and the 73% very satisfied, I think that number will pop up to the upper 70s now, maybe even in the low 80s. Did Apple take some cues from Android and Windows Phone? Sure looks like it. And hopefully they prove to be the right ones. I think one comment made today that stuck out to me uh, by Apple during the presentation is that iOS 7 is like getting a whole new phone, but one you already know how to use. Let's see how much people agree with that. But I do think Apple did a good job overall, even if I gave them some grief earlier in the, when I was going over this stuff. I, I do think this was a solid and a good presentation and some really nice new features. Again, one of my favorite ones there has to be the fact that Apple's finally done something about Apple picking. I really didn't expect them at all to address that with iOS 7. Hi Rob, I loved the two minute video at the beginning and then the iOS 7 video in the middle. That did, I guess, deserve a standing ovation since Johnny Ive had to work on software, which is new to him. I think plus the work on the hardware and all in less than a year after canning Scott Forstall. Finally, we catch up to Android and Windows Phone having cards and toggles. It's just a bit frustrating waiting a whole year to try to catch up. I still believe there should be more than a .1 update, just like there are many little fixes updates for the Mac which were quite impressive, like Maps link to the phone and location and calendar and location aware and app store suggestions. I also love the humor and jokes that Frederiki guy is funny. Also felt the speakers had more personality like Jobs did, especially when Phil said, there's no more innovation, my butt. Loved it. Regards, Michael. And of course, the word that Phil used was not butt, but an expletive that I don't do on a show that's labeled as clean. Hi Rob, Tim Cook was freaking awesome. He was as close to channeling Steve Jobs as he could get, and iTunes Radio is simply great. It blows away Pandora. Apple really upped their game today. Regards, Stephen D. Stephen, there you go again, being a little too much of an Apple fanboy. Time to come down just a bit. I think iTunes Radio is an adequate clone of Pandora, and really, that is all Apple needed was an adequate clone as the music app is installed on all iOS devices by default. So right there, Apple gets the lead. Hey folks, I would love to get your thoughts on iOS 7, especially if you downloaded it as a beta. What are some of the features that you like the most? What are some of the ones you think are still missing that should have been included in iOS 7? Give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOONDOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Thanks to Thomas in Tuscaloosa and Danielle in Pemberton, British Columbia for a heads up on this next one, which is a Kickstarter project called Smart Cargo for iPad. This one is already funded and did it in a really short time, in less than a day, and it had a goal of $10,000. Not high, but really impressive that it funded in just one day. This one has until August 9th for you to be part of, Sadly, the earlier backer option is all gone, so this one will set you back $20 instead of $15 if you had happened to have been one of those first 600 people. What this is, is a container that works with your Apple Smart Cover for their iPad, which offers you a place to store accessories like a short charging cable, earphones, a stylus, a camera adapter, um, a place for a pack of gum um, and a lipstick case, stuff like that, small items. It attaches via magnets to your smart cover and then folds up with the cover. It is really one of those, oh, why didn't I think of it ideas. 
Of course, that is what people said about his first Kickstarter project, Smarter Stand. Yep, that's the same guy. Hence, one of the reasons why he hit his goal so quickly. I recommend you check out this one before August 9th. Search for Smart Cargo, two words, at kickstarter.com or look for the link in the show notes for episode 272 over at todayinios.com. One more Kickstarter project to talk about, and thanks for the reminder on this one from Kirk G. This is, yes, another smartphone watch called Agent, the world's smartest watch. This one had a goal of $100,000 and has raised over $872,000. You have until June 20th at 4 p.m. Eastern Time to get this one. It will set you back $149, which is a good price for a smartwatch. Delivery is set for December 2013, but by then, who knows what Apple will have released. One uh, neat feature about this one is that it has inductive charging, so no need to plug in your power charger. Just lay it on the charging stand, and the battery is replaceable too, which they also claim will give you seven days of battery life with a full charge in Bluetooth mode. And if your device and your iPhone lose connection, i.e. someone walks off with your iPhone, or more likely you walk away from your iPhone by accident, it lets you know with an alert. The front of it is glass, so it should hold up against scratches, and there are other cool features. If you are into collecting smartphone watches, the Agent is another one for your collection, or if you have been holding out for an iWatch and were hoping for one to be announced and it wasn't, and want to hedge your bets for this year's holiday season, check out Agent at kickstarter.com, or look for the link in the show notes for episode 272 at todayinios.com. Hi Rob, this is Pam in Colorado. My question for you or the audience is, I'm looking for something that can monitor Bluetooth devices from different, I have an iPad, an iPhone, an iPad mini, and four or five different Bluetooths, and I'm trying to find something to interact to make it easier to work between those items. If you have any suggestions, please let me know. Thanks. Pam, I'm going to throw that one out to the audience. So if anyone has any suggestions for Pam, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hey, Rob, I'm wondering if you or the audience know of a camera app that lets you not only take a video, but also pause the recording of the video and keep on recording to the same video like it does on Android. Regards, Daniel from California. Uh, well, I can tell you that the iOS 7 app or the iOS 7 camera app does not do that. So that's, you're not going to see that in iOS 7. If someone knows of a good video recording app that allows that feature, has that feature, please let us know. Give us a call or send us an email. Hi, Rob. I wanted to warn you and the listeners, there is a fake survey being sent around that tries to get your identity information from AT&T. This is really not from AT&T. It is someone outside masking themselves as AT&T. Do not take the survey. They are offering you $20 or more. If you take the survey, do not take it. You'll give up your info. Regards, Ray W. Thanks, Ray, for the heads up on that. So, folks, if you see an email come in asking for you to take a survey from AT&T, do not take it. Hi, Rob. I recently finished building my new PC running Windows 8, and I'm having issues with my iPhone 4S syncing to iTunes. iTunes is the latest version. I can plug my iPhone in, but iTunes doesn't recognize it. The PC recognizes it, but it doesn't pop up iTunes saying the iPhone can't be found. Any help would be great. Regards, Alex, Connecticut. 
Alex, any times we've heard about this issue in the past, the problem has been that you don't have all the latest uh, updates to Windows 8. There's something in there that you haven't updated, so you need to make sure on the Windows 8 side software that you have all the updates in place. Hi, Rob. This is Jeff in Arkansas. I had a question for you or the listeners, and I apologize if this has been something that's been covered in the past, but I'm looking for a way to watch the ABC app and the Amazon Video Player app on my TV uh, via my iPhone or iPad, and hoping somebody out there has a solution for it. Um, I, you know, I have a, one of those white cables that can connect to my TV, which works fine for Netflix, but doesn't work for these other apps. Um, I do also have an Apple TV, so if there's a solution via AirPlay, that would be great as well. Uh, ideally, I'd like to be able to do it either way, via the cable uh, or through my Apple TV. So if uh, somebody has a solution out there that's worked for them, I would love to hear it. Thanks for the show, and we'll talk to you soon. Well, Jeff, I think part of that's going to depend on which version of the iPhone you have and which version of the iPad you have, and if you're running iOS 6. But you should be able to do AirPlay to Apple TV if the apps have that support built in. So if those apps support AirPlay, then you should be able to AirPlay out to Apple TV. I don't know for sure on those apps. If anyone does know or anyone has any suggestions for Jeff, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hey, and just think, I almost apologized at the beginning of today's episode saying that this was going to be a shorter episode. Not really. All right, don't forget about the app giveaways over today in iOS.com. A new one is going up every day. And, well, I guess there's one more to go up. And they stay active for five days, so check out the site now and check it out often to see if there are any apps that you are interested in. I will take a little pause in doing those and start up just a couple a week, probably sometime in July time frame. Each of these lotteries takes me about an hour of time to manage. So that takes a lot of time each week when you're doing a one a day. Uh, but I will do more, just need to dial it back a bit. And before we go, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. The feedback can be questions or comments for something someone said on the show or should have said. Uh, it can be a rant, or it can be a review of a product or an app that you like, good or bad. As long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. And then finally, thanks again to today's sponsor, ProXPN. If you go to ProXPN.com and use the promo code TII, you will save 20% for life on your secure VPN account. Again, ProXPN.com, use promo code TII. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII. 